A reading from the first chapter of Mark, beginning with the 14th verse. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I was told one time, and I've never actually read it somewhere or seen some official publication, but I was told by a person who should know that the only person that the United Methodist Church has recognized the sainthood of is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Do y'all know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer was? Lutheran pastor that stood up to Hitler. Do you know what they did to him? They killed him. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't give up on his call from Jesus. He thought his call from Jesus was more important than his breath, than his life. And that's why we remember him. It wasn't just because he was a brilliant theologian and a seminary student that confounded his professors. It wasn't for any of that that he's remembered. He's remembered that in a, for it being a time of great evil that he was willing to stand and say, this is wrong. In a time when much of the church was afraid to stand up to Hitler, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Karl Barth, and some other people Stood up. It's it's astounding. He said this about the text that I just read to you. This encounter is a testimony to the absolute, direct, and unaccountable authority of Jesus. Now why would he say that? Jesus walks by someone and says, follow me, and immediately they follow him. Did you notice that? I don't think it's because Mark is trying to tell the short version of things. I think that that's what he wants us to see, that a moment in time has come that is so authoritative for these people, that this Jesus had such authority in his person, that his personhood was so drawing that they had no choice but to leave everything behind and follow him. Did you notice that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, 
left their father in the boat with his business and left. Can't you just see Zebedee sitting there going, we are going. Fix the nets. He probably said their first and last name like Lindsay said. Man, when my mama said my first and last name, I felt like my heart quit. What must it have been like to hear the Son of God speak your name and say, Come, follow me. You know what it's like, don't you, church? Haven't some of you had that experience? Have you not felt this Christ draw your heart to Himself? Why would you be here if not? You could be out in the cold doing something cold. You could be out enjoying a a fancy game of golf or something weird game like that. Couldn't you? Can you be at home watching Oprah? But there's something that draws you. Something that pulls you. And it has something, church, to do with time. Time. Now Mark shows us that by telling us that all of this began after John was arrested. Did you hear that? After John was arrested, which means this, this period of repentance and baptism for the forgiveness of sins is coming to a close. And what is beginning is a time of repentance and following this Christ who is life itself. What is beginning is the good news when we no longer have to see ourselves as people who are enslaved to sin and destruction. But we'll be able to see ourselves as people who have received the Spirit of God in new life. Something is happening, and it's not something we measure with a Timex. A well-meaning parishioner told me one time, we're going to get a clock, put it on the back wall, preacher. I said, I'll ignore it. Because worship is not a chronological event. We do everything in the same order so that we can get lost in it. So that we can find ourselves happy in the repetition of doing the things that Jesus has called His people to do for centuries and centuries. To pray, to cry out to God, to sing songs of praise to God, to remember His words and have them affect our life. So that His call comes to us again and again and again and again. And over and over and over and over we are called to Him. To live in Him. He calls us to the font of baptism to to die so that He can live through us. How do we know that? Because in Galatians 2, Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. We are in a different kind of time. And it's marked by events. And so Mark says, after, after John was arrested, Jesus came. Jesus came to Galilee. Listen to what he said again. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. 
Now, when Mark says that, he's not talking about chronological time. He's not talking about something you measure with a watch or with a calendar or something that you measure as the sun sets and rises the other day. I wrote a little poem for y'all about that kind of time. Y'all want to hear it? It says, day passes into night. Night passes into day. Every haircut reveals a little more gray. For many of us, that's the kind of time we think about, isn't it, Miss Sharon? We think about those days when we felt more alive and we think about tomorrow, how will we feel? And we think about tomorrow as the sun sets or as that last episode of Everybody Love Raymond goes off and we know that what's coming on next is horrible and we don't want to watch it, so we go to bed. And we mark these little times and it's kind of tick, 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 tick of life. Isn't that how it is until all of a sudden you realize that things have ticked away and you're in some new place? And you don't know how you got there. You're old or you're young in a different way. Tick, 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 tick. That is not the kind of time that Mark is talking about. When he says that in the fullness of time, Jesus came. He's not talking about chronos, the Greek idea of a constancy of time, of tick, 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 the beat of music, the tick of a clock. He's not talking about that. He's talking about kairos time. Somebody say kairos. Don't you like that? That's cool. You're living in Kairos because Jesus came. A divine appointment of time for something new, something different, for new creation, for the old to pass away, for you to be lifted out of death and out of your self-absorption that keeps you from being any good to anybody but yourself. Time has come. The time has come. Jesus has come to Nazareth and he says, repent and follow me and you will know longer be trapped in the tick 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 of death and destruction and life that is lived for yourself self-absorption and consumed with what you want but you will live in a new kind of time a god-appointed time where you become a witness to the one who died and was raised so that the sun could rise again a different time The church no longer lives in the meaningless passing of days. The church lives in a time of resurrection. When people die, someone will say their time was up. What they mean by that is that the ticking of their moments has come to an end. But for those who are in Christ, they live in a different time. A time of being in life itself. John says they passed from death to life. And Jesus says their days will be without end. Because they have life eternal. We live in this Kairos time, church. Where every moment has the potential to be a decisive moment that impacts another person's life for the good of God. And for the glory of God. 
The church no longer lives in the mundane, in the tick, tick, tick of boring life. We live in the time when angels shout and when the stars sing the praises of Christ. In the fullness of time, Jesus came saying, repent, the kingdom is at hand. Follow me. Follow me. What kind of time are you living in? I hope you'll give that some thought this week. But I want you to know that if you are in Christ, if you have faith in Him, you, dear one, have been separated from the mundane tick, tick, tick of meaningless time. You have been called into something different. You have been called to be alive in the one who is all eternity and all life and all light. Will you answer that call? Aren't you tired of thinking that your days mean nothing? Aren't you tired of being bored with yourself? Aren't you tired of looking for meaning? This one who calls you to follow him in the moment that you choose to moves you from that tick, tick, tick of boring life into the Kairos time of new creation. Into a life lived for him. A life of witness and love that changes the lives of other people. That church is the time that we are called to live in. Are you living in Kairos time? Or are you just biding your time waiting for something to happen? Something's already happened, church. He's called you. Will you respond? As we stand to sing this final hymn and declare that where He leads us, we will follow. If you need to come here and pray, if you need to come here and ask Him to, to draw you out of that tick, tick, tick of desolation and despair and into the Kairos time of new life, will you come and pray?